This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, the leaded WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling, such as AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, many promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So today is December 30th, and you know what day is. What that means, this is for you, John Hubber, better known as Rhoda Lee and Luke Harper. Now, I know some of you have been um, in total shock in the wrestling world with the sudden passing of John Hub Huber, who we all know him in WWE as Luke Harper, then Brody Lee in AEW. I know some of you have been saying, how could this happen? And I know there's a lot of speculations that has been taking place regarding about his passing. So... Let's talk who who really is John Hubber, the man behind Brody Lee, the Exalted One, and Luke Harper of the Wyatt family. I can recall who um, when I first saw Luke Harper arrive in WWE, at, you know, as a member of the Wyatt family. I look at this guy and he was like, "God damn, he's a huge guy!" But if you look at his eyes. He has the look of a psychotic killer, you know, like a like a serial killer that's about to kill you. Like if you've been into one of those movies in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And most of the time he never talked since being in, um, in WWE. Because if you heard the stories about this, Vince McMahon wanted him to have a southern slight draw if you guys don't know what that is that's like an area of the south you know like uh mississippi uh south carolina georgia alabama you know those type of areas and the he um john uber uber is not even from that area he's from rochester new york and I thought, and I feel like, okay, makes sense why he was unable to talk, you know, because he can't do the the slight southern draw, which Vince wanted, but, I mean, he should not have pushed him to do something like that, but for him to be this quiet, don't say a thing kind of way, it kind of felt natural, but it worked, and not... Not only that, when the White family actually disbanded, he went on his own. He became Intercontinental Champion. Not only that, he formed a tag team with Eric Rowan, known as the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, then a so-called um, the White family reunion. But I know there's he was frustrated over his time because you all don't know who've been following him ever since then last year. That, um, how do I say, he wasn't being, how do I say, utilized a lot since that time. We've seen him here and there. And and I know it, it was frustrating for, the, uh, for those fans who wanted to see him. And WWE dropped the ball on this one. They should have utilized him more. They should have seen who he was, what he could do in the ring. But it didn't happen. If you recall what happened in um, in Saudi Arabia last year, several WWE superstars were trapped there due to the fact that the plane was delayed. 
certain issues that the Saudi Arabian prince was having with Vince. And he was the one who kind of tweeted this out, what was going on. And Vince didn't like that. And, you know, he doesn't like certain things exposed that let it. But he's being honest and truthful about the whole thing. Like, he can't lie what's going on. You know, and that sort of thing kind of made a lot more sense. But however, it is what it is. But of course, we did not, we kind of were hoping that sooner or later he would be released. He did request to be released. And I'm assuming that they were a little bit hesitant because we all know what happens if you release. AEW will give you the much better opportunities, much better creative freedom that you want and that's what he got now let's jump in with before he before he jumped to AEW as you know the pandemic hit we were expecting to see him but with a lot of fans he was supposed to be making his debut on the day when AEW were supposed to be in Rochester where he's originally from and frankly because of the pandemic uh he was introduced now at first, it would have been suck, but however, we would have, I have to say, him showing up with no fans probably was the best. Not because I say so, it's because we get to see a different side of what he can do in AEW. And I feel like maybe with this short amount of time he had with us, it made perfect sense. I mean... He, he some people compared him as Vic, Vince McMahon the way he treated everyone in AEW, especially members of the Dark Order. When he, the way he treats Silver or Reynolds when you first saw him like having that little steak dinner, I thought that was classic. But and there's that, and then all of a sudden, we're the the biggest accomplishment in his AEW career was. Winning the the TNT Championship from Cody. That was one of those things I think that kind of made the accomplishment. That made him say, okay, now we're taking AEW, like taking Dark Order very seriously. But however, I think the stepping stone was when they made their appearances on being the Elite. Now, if you saw that special video, the recent one with being the Elite... um. Alex Reynolds says that he was really interested in having the Dark Order make appearance in, in being the elite. And they were a bit nervous that maybe he, Brody was not going to be, how do I say, okay with the idea. But however, he took a chance. And and I think that that broke a lot of ground being on being the elite. It, 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 if you guys have noticed, being the elite is a good platform to get exposure. That's how they they've been able to do that. You look at Flip Gordon; he got exposure. So did Hangman. So did SCU. So did every other wrestler who's ever been in this promo in this show before. You know, and that's what makes them who they are. You know, they like to give opportunity to others to show. Hey, you know, we're gonna give you guys a little bit of exposures. But if you saw the outtakes of those videos, it kind of a um, funny thing is like when he's. When there's scenes that he's in it, when you see him, he stays on character. But he, whenever they, when he tells him, are you crying, boy? Are you crying? They, they, he's trying to tell him to stop laughing, you know? Because if he sees you laughing, he's saying you're crying. So it's like their better way of trying to, you know, how do I say this? Um, not to break character. Not to break 
you know, the the lines. And that kind of made a more sense. I mean, there were some great moments seeing him. And then I like when he keeps saying, fuck, fuck. I thought it was so hilarious. Not to mention whacking people with paper, mostly with silver. I thought that was so funny. But however, silver did mention whatever there was scenes that he's not in it. Like he's, let's say he's in the corner just watching. He laughs and he messes up their lines. And that makes it so funny. Because a lot of people don't know this. The man behind Brody Lee, he's a total genuine person and when news broke about his passing that's when things started to come to light to make me understand wow this guy really is a big-hearted person you know he he always puts everyone above him you know like he did the same thing with dark order when he uh made sure they all were well uh exposed you know like when you see anna jay taking uh beating up um what's his name uh Stu Grayson and all this and that but of course uh there were a lot of wrestlers that were there they talk about him on Twitter um Dash from um from FTR remembers how he was a bit homesick but it was John Hubbard who actually put a smile on his face to cheer him on you know they know it's difficult being on the road away from your families He's the kind of guy, from what I can see, he always puts a positive face when you need it. And and that's a good thing for many people. Sometimes you need that type of person. You need a positive face. If you don't have that, then then you're lost. But with him, it was different. Every WWE superstar have felt the same way about him. But mostly the one person that kind of was broken about his passing was Xavier Woods. I mean, he was about to break down on uh, like this interview they they do after Raw that you only see on the WWE Network, and he was about to cry. He even put out this amazing compilation with him in it, like how he acted and all that. I think sometimes we need to understand who this person is underneath the Brody... Lee and Luke Harper persona and a lot of people always speak highly about his family his wife Amanda his son Brody and other son Nolan and it's he always puts his family first above everything else and that's what makes him a gentler human being that people mention every single time on Twitter and I just feel saddened that he left behind a wonderful wife and two amazing sons here on this earth. And they're all alone. And that that kind of breaks my heart because he loves his family more than anything. And many people who talk about him, he always talks about his family all the time. And that's what makes him different. I think his family were the driving force behind the man who he is, you know? I mean, he loves professional wrestling. He's always half, but they're the thing that kept him going. That's how I would see it about him. And I'm I'm, I'm so saddened that he's gone, but he will not be forgotten. And, of course, today on AEW Dynamite, they're going to throw in a special tribute in his memory 
from what I understand, many of these matches were picked up and set up by none other than his son, Brody, or as we call him now, Brody Lee Jr. And if you guys may or may not have heard this, he recently just signed, he's officially with AEW. Now, I know what you're going to say. You'll be, wait a minute, is he eight years old? True, but he was there on an AEW tapings, from what I understand. He They did give him a mask. He actually whacked people with kendo sticks. He was pretty much part of the family, and I know AEW is going to take good care of him and his and everybody in the family. And I have to say, this special tribute is going to be something special. Now, I know for some of you WWE fans, you're saying, wait a minute, why is AEW doing a special tribute? It wasn't supposed to be WWE. To be honest with you, they could do it, but however, he's not with the company. Keep that in mind. All, but of course, Brian Myers did say, wait a minute, no 10 bell salute, no video package. That kind of sucks, and he's right. But however, WWE dropped that ball right there. I think they just rather not do that because he's no longer part of the WWE roster. He's with AEW. But however, I see this as a good thing. Because we've seen how many tributes they do with many of fallen super WWE superstars. But now we're going to get to see what AEW do this time with Brody Lee. Because this is going to be their very first time they step into this part of life. You know, where one of your own is taken from from you guys too soon and, and i think that makes a lot of good sense and i know for a fact this is going to draw a lot of ratings into uh, coming up you know because i think that's one of the things uh squared circle cycle babble said they're not going to review me i'm not going to do a review much about it i'm just going to talk what i felt what i like about this match that sort of thing and See it. See exactly what Brody Jr. actually did right with creating these matches, and I feel like this is something we can get behind of. So I hope you guys are ready to watch it. So I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited, and I can't wait to see what AEW is going to do for the first time, doing a tribute event for their fallen uh, friend and comrade and brother and all that. So I hope you guys are ready. I'm ready. So. So let's move on forward because the next thing I want to talk about is a very unusual topic. It's all about the Japanese wrestling. And I've been watching recently Japanese wrestling promotions. Just give me a minute. Now, in recent weeks, uh, months, I have covered mostly... Uh, well, in the beginning, I've been mostly covering New Japan Pro Wrestling because it was the only way to watch. I have a, a way to watch these shows and all this and that. But however, in recent time, what was it? Two years ago or no, last year, I started watching uh, several wrestling shows that I was stumbled upon. Like Dragon Gate, there were three events. Gate of Evolution, Gate of Destiny... Uh, forgot what was the other one, and then uh, a pro wrestling Noah event, which is the 20 year anniversary of now now Michi Marafuji, and of course a Stardom event that they did during a WrestleMania week. And I, I recently I've been watching the recent events 
from those promotions, including newer ones I got to see. Like, for example, I just recently saw All Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling, and DDT Pro Wrestling. Now, I have recently been seeing a lot of the stardom events, and boy, they're amazing, the stardom events. And what I like about it is how they're telling the stories of rivalries and all this. Like, I think my favorite story is in this one is when this new uh, trio of girl women calling themselves the Cosmic Angels. Um, how do I say this? We're stepping out of their way. They're no longer feeling like they are meant to be part of the faction known as Stars. Um, it appears that one of the Cosmic Angels named Tam Nakano has some sort of issues towards uh, the leader of stars, uh, Mayu Iwatani. And she had this behavior that Mayu does not appreciate. But in recent times, uh, this on what was it? In one of the recent events, not too long ago, the Cosmic Angels were in a, a championship match called the Artists of Stardom Championship, which is... Mostly like a trios or six women tag team championships. And they beat the villainous faction known as Oido, uh, Oido Tai. That has consistent with B. Priestley. That's her faction that she's in. But however, the Cosmic Angels, when they won these titles, they made the decision to put their titles on the line against their star comrades. They called out Mayu Iwatani, um, Starlight Kid, and of course... Uh, Goki, uh, Gogi Kagan Death, and they just said they will put the titles on the line on on Osaka Dream Cinderella, which took place on December twentieth, and that story kind of got to me because it did show how Stars were really a very good faction. They were one of the top, but however, you got these girls within Stars that. Decided after they beat Mayu, Kid, and and Death, Tam Nakano made the decision in 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 public that sh saying Cosmic Angels is now its own unit, and that kind of drove Mayu mad that she decided to step away and she considered her as an enemy. But however, Starlight Kid in this one saying that. Prior before they were in a match, in this particular match where they were, uh, the Cosmic Angels faced two out of the three members of Stars. Now, Gokigan uh, Death wasn't part of the previous match. They had Saida Ida, who's now the current um, future of Stardom Championship. If you guys want to know what that title means, that means they're the, the newer people who've been around for almost a year or two. And... Basically, Starlight Kid wants to prove that because they are they've made their title defense, they feel they'll never succeed even without them. But proving that them breaking away is going to make them be lesser than they were. So this time they said it's going to be not only Kid herself is going to be and Mayu, they're going to have Saya Ida, who's going to be taking on all to try to win those titles away from. Cosmic Angels. Now, however, one of the members named Unagi uh, Sakaya, uh, no, Sayaka, uh, told Nakano that 
beating them in, in Osaka Dream Cinderella is not enough. So she said they need to accept the challenge to prove enough that we are on our own. It doesn't matter anymore. We're going to do this. They're trying to prove that they will strike on their own. I think there's been mounting attentions about who should be going what. Uh, I think that's a really good story to throw out. And all of that. And the same thing I've been seeing with this recent match they had on that very same pay-per-view event. Osaka Dream Cinderella. Where two members of the same stable. Asuri and Julia. Were, were putting a title versus title match. Uh, Suri was the SWA undisputed world women's champion, champion, while Julia was the wonder of stardom champion. So it was basically, it kind of was one of the best matches of the night. I think to me, this one was number one, and this is the one with the with the Starlight Kit, uh, with that uh, six-woman elimination match with Cosmic Angels and Stars was the second. And it was a really, really good match because I enjoyed it. And it was one of the best ones. And also I've been seeing another Yoshi promotion, which is called Tokyo Yoshi Pro. Now, if you guys aren't familiarized with that promotion, that's also it's an all-female promotion. It's sister company of DDT Pro Wrestling. If you must know, uh, Yuka Sakasaki, who is showed up on AEW on certain occasions, actually appeared on uh, come, uh, is in that promotion. Uh, we have seen other women like um, current Cosmic Angel member Mina Shirakawa. She was with Tokyo Pro Yoshi until she made the move to Stardom. There have been many other women involved in that promotion, but. My friend Nico, who once co-hosted the YouTube channel with me, did stated that he prefers more Tokyo Yoshi Pro than Stardom because A, those girls hit really hard. And I'm like, really? I can sense it. But however, their time limit draw is a little, it's what brings shaky. They go up to 10 minutes. I'm like, what? Why 10 minutes? We just saw a 30-minute time limit draw in Stardom. I feel more like Stardom is... For me, the the number one Yoshi promotion, and I look and I viewed um, Tokyo Yoshi Pro as number two. I know there's others, but here's the thing: Stardom is the number one is currently a major promotion in the Yoshi style because there's haven't been none for years, and that and the reason that is because now they're involved with uh, what's their name with Bushi Road, the parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you have noticed. B Priestley actually has been appearing in New Japan because her boyfriend is with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that's the reason I say that. Now, the other promotions I've seen, like All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling Noah, there's a history with those two, and I like. You see, All Japan, Ro- All Japan Pro Wrestling has a unique si- si- uh, style called King's Road. Basically, in this one, it's more like you're telling the story while you're fighting, keeping it longer and distant. Now, you probably ask yourselves, are there any good wrestlers there? Actually, there is. I have seen a few, but you may have recognized the familiar faces. You may recognize one as the Japanese buzzsaw, Tajiri. Yes, he's in it. I've seen him. He doesn't seem like he misses a step. 
Yoshitatsu, who was one time in WWE, but later he when he left, he went to New Japan and all this with um with all Japan and I'm trying to remember anybody else. But there has been other wrestlers I uh kept my eye on, like uh Kento um Miyahara, who was once the triple crown champion. Like that's like the, the top championship. But he lost that to another guy named but it was an a good show, I'm not going to lie about that. Not, like, better than New Japan or anything. It's a good show. And then Presley Noah, I did saw a few clips, but I never seen, like, the full-blown events of recent. Like, ones, like, maybe from the past, but not recently to get a feel. The latest one that came out called The, uh, the Gift, it was a pretty good one. I'm not going to lie about that. I enjoyed that one because there's a lot of good matches they came around, but like I said, it's nowhere near with Japan. And then later we have uh, Dragon Gate. I mentioned that before. All junior heavyweights, and of course, the Saturn development on that particular show. One of the generational war factions, known as Torimon, were forced to disband because they lost the match against the villainous faction Red. And that kind of like, oh, sucks. But it did happen that way. But recently I watched another promotion called DDT Pro Wrestling. Now, if you want to know what that stands for, it stands for DDT is an acronym for Dramatic Dream Team. Now, it started out like that years ago. This promotion is one of the largest independent promotions in the entire Japanese. They actually are affiliated with Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling. They did have pro wrestling bizarre but they decided to strike on her own to go back to their original roots doing hardcore matches and then of course there was uh ganbare i just recently saw a video of that now there's different type of of matches you see the recent one i just saw one of the recent ones i saw a few days ago is called a christmas final battle basically there were having matches in in random locations in tokyo Yes, you heard me. Random locations in Tokyo. So basically, I'm like watching this. One uh, match was a six-woman tag team match. It was uh, Yuka Sakasaki was in it. And also one of their top wrestlers, uh, Miyu Yamashita, actually was in it too. But it was an interesting match. And then there was one where they were in the street. It was a mix and... uh, uh, intergender six woman six man match well one of the teams had a a woman in there they called themselves eruption they're like doing these bizarre things one guy had to pull his pants out to put a hose right there so he can dose people with it i'm like you're probably saying ew j-rod that's disgusting i'm like "I i agree but it was very funny most of their shows are all comical but the best match from that particular show there was a f- uh, one of the factions called All Out. They were in a in a eight man tag team match against a villainous faction known as Damnation, and their match was in some sort of a indoor um, water park or so. I think it's a water park. I'm not sure. And I was so hilarious. I saw that one guy was about to power bomb the other, and then it didn't happen, and. They fell down down the water slide, and the ref followed right behind them. And then 
all of a sudden, uh, next thing we see is other wrestlers, the other members of that nation were like following their leaders, just watching, you know, from a distance. And, uh, one guy decided he, they're going to go surfing, but he, he messed up. He botched it in his head. And then you see rubber duckies going down on the, on the damn pool. And I'm like laughing so hard and like, oh man. I thought it was some matches are good, and the other type of matches or uh, shows they had is Gunbare. That was more of a blown flow wrestling ring match, but they do different things. But here's a little something you guys need to know about DDT. DDT actually purchased Pro Wrestling Noah, and they started their own company called Cyberfight. So basically, whatever whatever affiliated promotions with DDT, they're part of that too. Same thing with Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, one of the executives names, uh, Zanshiro um, Tagagi, I think that's his name. He actually is serving as one of the executives for Pro Wrestling Noah. He's not re- actually wrestling with them, but he actually is just r- help running it and left other people like now Michi Marafuji, who is the company's vice president, still running things. So if you guys are interested in seeing these promotions... Um, you should check it out. But I do have a link where I actually see these shows. Now, uh, I think the link is called... Let me look it up real quick. I have my tablet right in front of me. Uh, let's see. It's called... Hmm. Let me go back to the page. It's called WatchWrestling.com. LA. So it, they have like many uh, like AEW, WWE shows, Impact Wrestling, including some stuff from the WWE Network. Um, even uh, the indie shows, New Japan, UFC shows. There's a section called the Archives. That's where I've been seeing many of the promotion Japanese stuff because New Japan has its own setup page. But yeah, so if you guys are interested in seeing that, you should check it out. Is WatchingWrestling.LA. So that's the link you can see it in. So basically, this is more of it is a free streaming services, but there's different links from different platforms to watch these matches. So I think hope you guys get to see these events. Um, me, I enjoyed watching them and all this. So I think that's about it for all of you guys. I did enjoy talking to you guys. How sad it is now that Brody is gone. And I hope you guys get to see the tribute show. And um, what else? And also telling you guys how much I'm enjoying watching many of the Japanese wrestling styles. And all that wrestling promotions. Like other than New Japan and Dragon Gate. I've been enjoying Pro Wrestling Noah, All Japan, Stardom, Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling, and DDT. So I think that's pretty much it. So. I think I must bid all of you guys adieu. So, goodbye. And have a nice, lovely day. Bang!